You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It's November 28th, and we're talking some Reds baseball. We bring in Reds reporter for MLB.com, Mark Sheldon. Mark, thanks very much, as always, for taking the time. Right now in the offseason, it's kind of the calm before the storm, if you will. The winter meeting's a couple weeks away, but wanted to follow up with you on a piece I was just reading that you wrote at MLB.com about young star outfielder Jesse Winker, played in 47 games, showed he's ready to be in the lineup pretty much every day, but... With Scott Shebler and Adam Duvall, is there a bit of an outfield logjam out there, if you will, and how, how does the team plan on addressing that? Well, there's really two ways they can go about it. The, the, the Supposedly the easier way might be to trade either Shebler or Duvall and, and make space for Winker. There has been no trade rumors linking any club to, to Shebler or Duvall, but they both have a, are attractive guys in the sense that they can hit for power. Uh, Duvall, in his case, he's a very a good defensive outfielder. He can do a lot of things, both offensively and defensively. Uh, both players, though, struggled mightily in the second half this past year. Uh, Duvall didn't have any home runs his last 29 games. So there are some, some drawbacks. But Winker has shown that he's ready. He can, he can bat lead off if they don't feel comfortable with Billy Hamilton there. He can bat further down the lineup. He showed some power. Uh, I guess I'll throw this as the so-called good problem to have. Uh, they don't feel compelled to trade one of those two guys. The other option they have, of course, is to hang on to them and have either the situation work itself out through production, who plays better, or through if there's an injury, that could create a situation. And the other option is short of any of those is that if they all play maybe 115 to 120 games each in some sort of fashion, everyone gets to play. And then whoever's not playing on a given day becomes Brian Price's best option off the bench, uh, and it would improve their bench a lot. They didn't have a great bench the last couple of seasons. So they can really go in a variety of ways. And if Duvall can play third base, if he has to spell Joey Votto at first base, that's something he can do. And Shebler can spot uh, Billy Hamilton in center field on given days. So that's a way to get all three of them in the lineup. Yeah, and with a team really trying to rebuild and get back into contention, it's it's not a pro- big problem to have when you have more talent at a certain spot. It's kind of like, well, you'll take it, I suppose. Uh, and along those lines, GM Dick Williams uh, this off season now, if he's going to make uh, help make a jump for the Reds, say like the Brewers did last year, where they're in the rebuilding mode and they suddenly vault into near playoff contention, coming up just short of a wild card berth, what would it take for Dick Williams in this off season to have the Reds propel next year, maybe into that Brewers type role and make more of a jump sooner than expected? It's all going to come down to their pitching, and the last season. There was, uh, through the first 59, 60 games, they were just a game for two under 500. They had a, the makes being similar to the, the Brewers was kind of a surprise, but what, but what was, uh, kind of concealed at that time that wasn't, that was obviously a red flag for them was their pitching was really awful. And they, what they, what they lacked was pitchers that could consecutive, consistently and consecutively go deep into games, seven innings, get, get, you know, good starts and save the bullpen. The bullpen eventually just ran out of gas and they, and they weren't able to keep up. So if they can get uh, either some of the guys they've had injured, whether it's Anthony DiScofani, Homer Bailey, Brandon Finnegan back, if they go out and sign somebody on the outside that can supplement some innings, uh, they have a chance to be really good because their lineup is solid. Even without Zach Cozart, if he doesn't come back as a free agent, they have a very deep lineup. They play good defense. Uh, what they didn't have last year was pitching. And if they have that, 
maybe they can be this year's feel-good story or the feel-good story for 2018, excuse me. Yeah, when you look at, uh, you mentioned the pitching staff, they've already sort of looked to revamp the bullpen here in the offseason, stockpiling several relief arms. Latest, uh, Kyle Crockett, a left-hander coming, claimed off waivers from the Indians. But overall, with the bullpen, when you look at it, um, and the starting rotation as a whole, what specific names out there, uh, not just their own young talent, but what else is out there that is in their price range that could immediately help them uh, moving forward? Well, if they look at the bullpen, they're going to be looking at either spot, second-tier names, not the top guys, but there's guys like that are Sergio Romo, for instance, might be available. Andrew Kashner, uh, just different. I mean, I need a starter, but other versions of, of uh, you know lower-tiered pitchers. They're not looking for a guy necessarily that can be either only a starter or only a reliever. They're looking at guys that could be swing spot guys. Uh, Scott Feldman, who they already had uh, last year, kind of envisioned for that role until all the injuries happened. Uh, they kind of like a guy that could be a starter that could pick up some innings or be a long reliever and fill in some innings that way. So they, uh, there's a lot of different ways they can go. If R.A. Dickey is available, he might be a type of guy. He's 43-something years old, but that's always a possibility. So there's kind of – they're not going to be looking at the U Darvish, uh, Jake Arrieta side of the pool. They're going to be looking at the other side and uh, see what they can find. And just to follow up, too, I mean, fans can get impatient, as we all know. Uh, we've all been fans ourselves at one point or another with a team. Uh, when you're on the Twitter world and you're, and you're listening to fans and people ask you out there, um, is there frustration with uh, the growth of the team, or is it more excitement about guys like Jesse Winker and uh, their, their youth moving forward? It, it's definitely uh, both, but frustration in the sense that they've waited since uh, 20, really 14 uh, to have a winning team. The rebuild didn't really begin in earnest until 2015, so there's been a lot of guys they've said goodbye to, from whether it's Jay Bruce to Johnny Cueto, uh, Mike Leak, uh, lots of different players that, that were very, uh, you know, people liked a lot in Cincinnati that were brought back for prospects. Some of these prospects have yet to pan out. Um, some have uh, done very well in some of these trades. Like Adam Duvall is a product of one of those uh, rebuilding-type trades, and uh, he came over in the Mike Leak deal. He's panned out. Um, Others not so good, you know. So it's it's gonna they're waiting to see. On the on the positive side, on the people are excited about guys like Jesse Winker. They're excited about Nick Senzel, who could be in the major leagues as soon as 2018. He's the uh, the team's number one prospect, and he's coming on pretty quick. Uh, they're excited about Hunter Green, who's got a long way to go to get to the major league, but he was the second overall pick and obviously came with a lot of fanfare. So there's some things to be excited about with him. Of course, you got you know the current guys like you know Eugenio Suarez. Uh, Joey Votto, of course, Tucker Barnhart. So there's some, there is some uh, positive, positive feelings about the current team, but I think people would like to accelerate this rebuild and, and, and get back into contending. It's been a long time now. It's been since 2013 since they were in the wild card, 2012 since they won the division. Uh, fans are kind of irritated, I think, that things haven't moved a little faster. Yeah, and when they won a couple of those division titles, as we segue over to uh, talking about Scott Rowland, he was a part of a couple of division titles with the Reds in the tail end of his career, third baseman, and he's on the Hall of Fame ballot here. And the former Cincinnati Red, what do you think of Rowland's chances of getting into Cooperstown? I don't think they're very good this year, uh, especially with Chipper Jones and Jim Tomey being on the ballot for the first time also, but I think he has a case. Uh, if anybody kind of meets the uh, the criteria of borderline Hall of Famer, it might be Scott Rowland because he has a lot of the numbers. Uh, he fits in right in with the other Hall of Fame third baseman in terms of his career war. Jay Jaffe, uh, who does a lot of the you know criteria for whether somebody is a Hall of Famer or not with his own set of numbers, has his numbers of Rowland higher than a lot of the guys that are in the Hall of Fame. 
Uh, where he falls short, though, of course, is he, he missed a lot of games with injuries. He does not have an MVP uh, to his credit. Uh, he didn't play particularly well in the postseason other than in the 2006 World Series. He hit like 421. And uh, he doesn't have like the other things, like 500 homers or 3,000 hits. So there's some, there are some things counting against him. But he was also an eight-time Gold Glover, a seven-time All-Star, and, and considered the best defensive third baseman of his era. So I think at some point he'll get in. He's just going to be one of those guys that's going to be like others. He starts off small and has to build momentum. Yeah, definitely. And, and like you said, even if it's not a first-timer, he, he'll be on the ballot in the future and get some more opportunities, no question about it. But he's definitely, like you said, one of those borderline cases. Um, as we wrap up here, Mark, uh, so much in the offseason, free agency, money, all these big you know, big stories, and we forget about sometimes the community events going on and what the players and organizations are doing behind the scenes, both during the season and particularly in the offseason. Uh, you wrote about this and the Reds with a big community event Reds Fest coming up this this weekend. Uh, what I read, more than 75 players, coaches, Hall of Famers will be there. Tell us a little bit about what the charity work the Reds have been doing as a team and an organization. Well, they have a, uh, a nonprofit arm of the team called the Reds Community Fund. It's headed by Executive Director Charlie Frank, and they're all over the community on a year on a year round basis, uh, promoting, uh, you know, reaching out to the community, promoting baseball as far as getting opportunities to kids, especially in the urban area and the RBI program to to get involved with baseball. They also have a very heavy input in the MLB Urban Urban Youth Academy, which has become a huge success in only three years. And uh, they just were able to have 33 kids from the, that went through that program and the RBI program go on to college, uh, 15 of them to play baseball or softball. So they, they feel good about it. And what Reds Fest is, is one of their biggest fundraisers of the year to benefit the Reds Community Fund. And they do get like 75 current former players uh, a lot of the greats, uh, you know, like guys like Eric Davis or Barry Larkin, come in, have come in past years, and of course Joey Votto and the entire current roster is, is going to attend. Brian Price will be there. General Manager Dick Williams. They have a lot of shows and, and autograph opportunities, photo opportunities. It's very much on par with what you see at the MLB All Star Fan Fest. Uh, the Reds patterned what they saw at previous Fan Fests and, and made it kind of integrated into the Reds one. They have three different floors of the. Duke Energy Convention Center, all utilized for this play uh, for this you know event. Uh, I saw the MLB Fan Fe- All Star Fan Fest when it, when the All Star Game was here in uh, 2015, and and they were very similar. Reds Fest and the All Star stuff. It, it's a remarkable event. They do a really good job with it, and if if you're in the Cincinnati area, you should check it out. Absolutely. It sounds like a really awesome event. And, and Barry Lark and Eric Davis, two of my favorites when I was growing up. So sounds like uh, very cool. Uh, Mark, thanks as always for the time, my friend. Great stuff. Uh, we'll talk to you again very soon. All right. Thank you. Absolutely. That was Mark Sheldon. I'm Darwin Zook. Thanks for tuning in on MLB.com Extras.